Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Glamier. Hi, this is Dr. Tavis Samir. I'm a cosmetic dermatologist, owner, and founder of Mir Skin Cosmetic in New York City and star of an Emmy Award-winning Bravo TV show. My podcast is all about great conversations with your favorite celebrities, media personalities, and well-known experts in the worlds of lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. Through their stories, I hope to uplift, inspire, and educate. This is Glamier. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Glamere. I'm back in New York City and I am with the real mob wife, Andrea Giovino, who is uh, here today because she's going to tell me everything about what it was like to grow up in the mob slash crime family in Brooklyn back in the day. And she's an original OG. She would dare call herself a, a more than a mob wife. So we're gonna get into the history, the background, all the juice about what she knows about John Gaudian and others back in the day. And uh, what makes a real mob wife. So Andrea, I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Now, um, you, first things first, you're starting, um, you're doing a documentary coming up, which yes. is going to be released in the winter. Yes. Um, on A&E. And yes. it's going to be called Guardian Sun. Correct. And I thought that was fascinating um, because your, your background is so fascinating. So how did you get involved in this project? I got involved in the project. They pulled me into it um, primarily because... Um, I knew Gotti very well. I knew all those guys very well back in the day. You know, I grew up with um, mostly mo a lot of these crime guys. Like, we came from an area in Brooklyn that we were all very poor. So there was a lot of poverty involved. So when there's poverty, that goes it's along desperation. with crime. Mm -hmm. Crime and, um, and uneducated. Yeah. You know, they didn't really force education back then like they did to do today. Mm -hmm. So um, that's, you know, being comfortable with those guys and learning, like I believe what I call it today, like self-defeating learned behaviors wow. that are you learn when you grow up as a child. It's so interesting. Can we please come back to that? Mm -hmm. Because that's so fascinating to me because we all say do this negative self-talk. But I um, I want to start by, can you give me a, a glimpse of what it was like as you were growing up on the streets with all these crime bosses? Like, well, I grew up, let's start with, I came from a family of 10 children, very, very, very poor. Mm -hmm. Poor where we were shipped out of our house and placed in other homes because we had no heat, no food, no nothing. Mm -hmm. So at five, six years old, I was running out stealing food, you mm -hmm. know, being told to do this by my mom mm -hmm. because we were that poor. Mm -hmm. So mob guys were promoted. Like my mom used to run... Um, crap games in the basement of our home, mm -hmm. you know, back in the day, back in the 60s, and to get a little bit extra money. So mm -hmm. I was very comfortable with these types of men. So they were coming over to your house yeah. playing yeah, like card games, yes, gambling? Yes, absolutely, yes. So so who, who was there? there like you at, that yeah. at that time frame was like Crazy Joe Gallo uh -huh. and his crew of guys. I can't tell you 
the names of them, but I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't um, think I want to know all the names. No, nah, you don't want to know that. <laughs> but so for me, that was my comfort zone. Yeah. You know, as so as I've gotten older, you know, and I became like a teenager, a young lady, um, I wanted to date those types of people because that's who I was comfortable with. Yeah, and they probably seemed really masculine and alpha Well, and they supportive. had money, yeah. and that's what we were told to be attracted to. And truthfully, um, I wasn't attracted to the nice, normal, educated man because I was intimidated by that. You were? I was intimidated because I didn't know the language. Yeah, I see. It can be intimidating. It was intimidating because I had no knowledge. I have a seventh grade education. Mm -hmm. So when your self-esteem is that low, Mm -hmm. you don't want to be associated with people that they're having conversations, for instance, back then, maybe about art or about politics or about mm-hmm. things of what college did you go to? I didn't even go to uh, middle school, wow. let alone high school, let alone college. So it was very difficult for me to mm-hmm. be with a normal set of people. And yeah. there was a lot of anger in me. Yeah. So if there was there were, if I did hang around people and there were women that were educated and they tried to degrade me in any way, it would be mm-hmm. fireworks go off. Yeah. So, um, what about you? So you just you stopped school at seventh grade. Was that yes. mainly because of family circumstances? It was that we we lived in an area that no one went to school, yeah. and that my dad didn't believe in education. He said that you only learn bad things by going to school, where they learn how to take drugs and have sex. Yeah. Well. Um, so what do you? <laughs> well, I learned a little more than that. But <laughs> so you know, backward Italians. Let me talk to your dad about yeah, this. Yeah, they were backward Italians. <laughs> no, but it's kind of cute. Um, but I, but I'm trying to understand this mentality because the mentality that school is bad, and school so you're going to learn what you then, need from the street. And no, and you're going to, and you're going to survive through depending on a man. Oh, okay. As that a woman, was, you're going to survive. Yes, that way. like the man is the king. The man provides for you. The, the bigger the criminal, the better the life. Really? Bigger the criminal, the better the life. So that's what they taught you. Yes. So that's so, all I knew. So most so, of the so men. Did you kind of, so then what you did is you dated the bigger criminals. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what was that like as a, as a young, beautiful young lady? Um, I did like it because there was a lot of money spent. Yeah. <laughs> so growing up very poor, uh-huh. of course I liked it. You yeah. know, they like at at 22, I mean, but even before I was 22, I was always hanging with the guys. Um, you know, living with Frank Lino, for instance, uh, he would send limos for me and we'd come shopping in Manhattan mm-hmm. and go to Saks and pick out what you want. Oh, see, that sounds great because you're coming from your background and then yeah. you've got this lavish, yes. beautiful, like this lifestyle of a sudden. Yeah, and then going to the theater and going to the great restaurants. Right. And then also back then, mm-hmm. um, going in places where you don't need a reservation. Because they, are, they you, already know who you are. Yeah, they don't need, right. They don't need a, you don't need a reservation. You just go in and I'll tell you, I worked it because I'll tell you what I used to do I used to take my friends or well, my sisters and we'd go around look into all the restaurants and eat and I go oh put it on Frankie Lino's bill and they would yeah they would never question that wow yes look at you you're like they would get their butt kicked yes <laughs> so 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 that sounds really glamorous and amazing but that can't have been how it was all the time no but then as the years went by yeah. and and then my downfall came mm-hmm. you know that was um into my 30s cuz then you know after that I had um, I had met a legitimate businessman that didn't work out, mm-hmm. um, just didn't work out for me. And then that's when I met John Gotti mm-hmm. and his crew. Okay. I was out one night, 
and with some girlfriends. And I had said at this point, I was about 28, I didn't want to be around these kinds of guys anymore. Yeah. But it lured me right back in. Yeah. We were at a club here in Manhattan called Club A. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were all there. They were all there. And they used to have this table. We would call it like the dais, like you're sitting up at the dais of a wedding. Mm-hmm. And I was on the dance floor and this very handsome big guy came over to me and was like, oh, you want to dance? Or or before that, he, uh, John Gotti sent over a bottle of Dom Perignon to my table. It was myself mm-hmm. and two other women, my sister and my friend Margot. And I said, send it back because I didn't want it because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get back into it. I just looked at them and I, I didn't know. But it was kn- calling your name. So it was, it was, it was magnetic. I knew. Yeah. yeah. But I, I was like fighting. It's like a drug addict trying yeah. to not take drugs. Yeah. I didn't want to get back into it. So I said, send it back. And the waiter goes, are you really sure you want to send it back? I said, yeah, send it back. And then um, I sent it back. And then when I got on the dance floor, his friend came over to me and started dancing. He goes, wow, real feisty. You send the bottle back. Yeah, that's right. I don't have a price tag on me. (laughs) (laughs) So um, and then I met Mark Ryder and I started dating him. And through him, that's how I became friendly with John Gotti. Gotcha. And so what's that relationship like? John Gotti was, a lot of people ask me, um, he was very, very charismatic. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, when he actually became the boss of bosses, when he put the hit out on uh, Paulie Castellano and mm-hmm. killed, which was the acting boss at that time, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a big party thrown for him, and I was at the party. Wow. And at that party, I mean... You know, he wasn't a big man as far as tall, but when he walked in the room, you know, you would look at him because cast a big shadow. Well, a lot of those guys back in the day, they dressed like you know with the uh, five thousand dollars suits, two thousand yeah, dollars shoes. Dapper. They were really, oh my really, God. really like very, very glamorous, mm-hmm. and it would be nothing for them to go out with a woman, you know, and they're married, say, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying John Gotti did, but these types yeah. of men would do that, and they have a girlfriend they would call gum, their gumada mm-hmm. on the side, mm-hmm. and, and lavish her with very, very expensive jewelry. Would the wife get the jewelry, too? or just The wife the, would get the jewelry, but the girlfriend would get it, too. Yeah, got it. And, yeah. and that was kind of known that there was a wife and a girlfriend. Yes. And there was multiple girlfriends, or was it just like... Um, there was always one, you know, one girlfriend and Mm -hmm. then they have little women on the side that they'll, you know, go with. But yeah, and that was accepted. Very accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very. Why do you think so? Because of the way they were treated with the money and they were given. Well, I look back now Mm -hmm. and I think that when women accept that Mm -hmm. is because your self-esteem is low. Yeah. Like I wouldn't accept anything like that today. Yeah. I would never accept a man cheating on me today. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's out of fear of mm-hmm. your own financial insecurity because yeah. you're not developed on your own and you're not making your own income, so you're dependent on the man. Exactly. Well, that's what you're taught from a, as a woman. That, you're taught right. as a young age to have these men take care of you. And yes. so the side effect of that is you can't take care of yourself right. financially, and so you kind of have to tolerate things that you maybe don't have to or want to. Not have to, that you don't want to. Well, that's why now mm-hmm. I, I feel it is so, 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 so important for women to have education yeah. Because you don't ever Lose want that. to depend on a man yeah. because it's not going to work, you know. And then you want to feel whole yeah. that you can 
support take care yourself. Of herself. Right. You know, there was a lot about Mob Wives. I know um, your gorgeous daughter, Brittany, mm-hmm. was on the Mob Wives, and um, that show depicted Mob Wives. Right. Um, all of them had a family member of sorts right. that was associated with a crime family. And um, what what did that show really teach us about what Mob Wives are? Was that what it's like? I think the show... You know, be I'm going to be raw. Yeah, I would like for you to be very, very raw. Yeah, um, it showed so much dysfunction, mm-hmm. so much insanity, mm-hmm. so much of the women being abused just by the way they're spoken to, by the way they're controlled by their fathers. Mm-hmm. Still, mm-hmm. if it wasn't the husband, then it's the father yeah. talking down to them or mm-hmm. abusing them or controlling them. Mm-hmm. I never put up with that. That's mm-hmm. why. My personality is way, way, way too strong mm-hmm. to have a man talk down to me that way mm-hmm. or listen to what your father says or promote and think like it's okay what your parents or your husband did. I, mm-hmm. I disagree with that. Like mm-hmm. I, I feel that in that lifestyle, people lose their lives. People are killed. I know a lot of people that got killed. Yeah. And, and and you have mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles that suffer from those losses. Mm-hmm. And then you're on there promoting mm-hmm. that, well, my dad's getting out, or my dad's this person, or my dad's that person. That's disgusting. Yeah. That's bullying. It's bulldozing. It's it's a little, uh, what's the word? Um, I wouldn't use the word arrogant, but it's, it's almost like a form of bragging rights it is bragging rights because your father was a mob boss um and yet if you think about what that person did and well, the it, crimes is that what you're saying you think it's glamorizing well i think what they did? i think they glamorize it and i think it's like trying to scare people like put fear in them well my father's so and so so you're saying they're doing that today to bully people i think still still okay. yeah yeah i think but but that lifestyle has been done and gone yeah. i mean the fbi dea atf came Crushed in and it. cleaned it all up yeah. and wiped it all out because it's garbage so yeah so I want to, why are you, how are you a real mob wife? Because the way you live your life and the way the way, so, so on television is depicted as the mob wife is like, what was the name of Tony Soprano's wife? Camille Soprano. Camille, so yeah, yeah, like they that. Say that yeah, so real, she kind mm. of like, she's in the background, she's suffering, her husband's yeah. not around, he doesn't have sex with her, he's having sex with all the other people yeah. in strip clubs, and he's spending yes. money, she's got problems with the kids, but she's going to take it all in because she's afraid of her husband. That's what I think of when I think of mob wives, that they're pampered. Stepford wives with they're really abusive abused lives. Women. They're mm-hmm. abused women. Okay, so you're saying that they're just abused women. I believe so. I believe yeah. they're abused women. So was I. I yeah. mean, I was that one of those women mm-hmm. also where... I'm glad you're saying that because I kind of agree. Uh, I have. I've, I, I never thought it was glamorous. I thought that these women were brainwashed into believing that money was going to solve everything and no matter what it took, you had to put up with how I you were treated. I think, though, a lot of the culture, real Italians, like I stayed in a marriage... Mm-hmm. To hold my family together. Yeah. Like I really, really. So you did it for the family. I really, really did it for my family, mm-hmm. honestly. I think that knowing better, I mean, how, how do you feel good about yourself when you're staying with a man that you know is sleeping around and you know it? Well, if I knew it, I wouldn't touch him again. Yes. Yeah. That, 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 I and, and that's what I did. I would not touch him. Right. I wouldn't sleep with the person. Yeah, Why would I, I want to go when you're going with all I, these pigs? Uh, yeah. And then they think like. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel my today my self-esteem's up here. Mm-hmm. I'm not settling for anyone. I'll stay alone and I'll stay happy, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to have a man abuse me or talk mm-hmm. down to me mm-hmm. or lie or sneak. And they're 
so so good at it yeah they are masters at it they're yeah. masters at lying sneaking mm-hmm. and manipulation yeah masters mm-hmm. and i'd say most of them do not change that that's, that's the character defect people if people don't change unless they want to change and they don't and they don't want to change unless they actually look at the fact that they're miserable and they need to change it most of these guys are probably never going to go there never going to go down they're guys route. guys they yeah. love hanging out with guys they really don't have respect for women when they do these yeah. types of things mm-hmm. um what is the sneakiest because you just talked about it and it just kind of hit me like a little like just very how you said they're so they're master can you can you give me a scenario sneaky. that you knew not maybe it didn't happen to you but that you well heard no i knew i i mean like I, i'll guy. go back to my own marriage yeah. where my husband was cheating looking me in the face making me feel like i was crazy like you really get to a point where you feel like you're crazy mm-hmm. like you're you're going out of your mind mm-hmm. because he's looking at you like directly in your eyes mm-hmm. and saying i swear on my children i never cheated on you yeah, well, and i know you did yeah, yeah so that really lowers a woman's self-esteem mm-hmm. and it's very very like snaky sneaking mm-hmm. everything of not nice to do to the mother of your children right you don't do stuff like that but it was accepted it was but it accept- was accepted again mm-hmm. because you don't want to break up your family you don't yeah. want to break up your home yeah. and they're just such manipulative liars yeah. and sociopaths sociopaths, they are sociopaths. A- actually that's it's the actually word. the perfect definition of a sociopath a sociopath is somebody who will pretend you know to, to be, be something that something they're really they're not, not. they really they'll do it with the intents of being a con artist with trying to manipulate or and they always and they always want something from you Mm -hmm. like there's always something that they're going after why they're in the relationship or why they're hanging with someone is because they want something there's always an ulterior motive Mm -hmm. to what they want Mm -hmm. and i think that that in itself is definitely a diagnosis of sociopath or Mm -hmm. psychopath yeah And, and you're talking about when someone is capable of murder yeah well, if somebody's capable of murder, they're pretty much capable of anything. Anything. And not just murder one time on accident. I'm talking, you know, m- over and over. Do you know what my husband said to me one time? Tell me. When I confronted him about the cheating. What? He said to me, what does that matter, cheating? Cheating is, a, is about, you know, making love. You, you're screwing somebody. He goes... How do I, how do you compare that when I've murdered people? Like to me, yeah. that's nothing. If you go cheat, that's what he told me. Yeah. So I the, mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's your mind balancing your evils and your goods. Like for him, he's killed people. Exactly. So, so cheating ain't that bad. And, and I'm going to tell you, we did therapy. We did There's everything. There's no therapy. We did, no. we, we did, yeah. Madison, we did yeah. everything. You did. And it, it didn't work. How was he in therapy? Because I can't imagine he in actually. Therapy, I he, can't imagine he actually went well, along with it. Well, the therapy again. He wanted what he wanted at that point. You know, he wanted me to help him out with whatever. And did you guys have couples therapy? We were in the room together. Yeah. Was he being a sociopath? Because sociopaths he was will being, say whatever it what takes. He wanted to. He said whatever yeah. I wanted. To I wouldn't. S- and then the therapist yeah. said, "What she's saying to you is mm-hmm. on the mark." this relationship could never ever work because there's too much secrets and lies Mm -hmm. you have to come clean with everything and i'm gonna do this i'm gonna and then it just it just dwindles down it yeah just you know it's like breaking a glass on a tile floor and it's a million pieces trying to glue it back you cannot put that marriage back together because there's so much deception and what women are a lot of a lot of women i don't want to call them stupid or ignorant but maybe they turn a blind eye. Yeah. But 
they think that, oh, this is going to work out for me. I'm going to be the one that's going to change him. Well, honey, if he didn't change for his wife and his children, yeah. he's certainly not changing for you. No. And also, you know, you never should, you never wait for a guy to actually answer the question. Right. Have you cheated? Because they're not going to. They're never going to admit it. He just... would look in my face and lie <laughs> on his children. And I yeah. knew. Yeah. I caught him at a house. I actually and he still denied him. it. It wasn't he what you think. He still denied it. Exactly. <laughs> How do you get through to somebody? I punched him right in the face. Yeah. No, it's then then you walk away from that and like all your problems are gone. Oh, it was that's just how you, that's how you get rid of like that's how you actually make things better as you walk away. I I feel today I've mm-hmm. done so much work on myself yeah. as far as within mm-hmm. going within and working on myself and building my self-esteem. It took me very Yeah, well many, you have to come from a lifestyle where you were already from like age 7, 8, 9, 7th grade you finished um you didn't finish seventh grade. I didn't finish so seventh grade. So you already grade. at that stage are dealing with insecurity. But I self-educated yeah. myself through the years. So I really wanted to be mm-hmm. this person that can socialize with people that I don't feel are better than me. And today, mm-hmm. I have that life. Well, I know you do, but I, I kind of feel like, and today you're a strong, you know, you always were strong, but now you're on your own two feet. But like, what what made you different than all the other girls that were in the same position as you? Because a lot of them just took it. How I were think, you different? I think, number one, I'm someone that is, I think today they call it straight edge. I never drank. I never took drugs. Mm-hmm. I never smoked. I mm-hmm. never did anything. My if brain, you went to school, you would have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I guess my dad was right. <laughs> he was right about that. I yeah. never took drugs, never smoked pot, never did anything. Because you didn't go to high school that's I why. didn't go to college, yeah. college yeah so um my I was always dealing with everything very clear-headed yeah. you know mm-hmm. and r- right on you know I, I wouldn't yeah. take anything you know with all the stuff that's happened to me I never took a drug to medicate so um I think the difference between me and say people on mob wives or the women on mob wives is I think a lot of them um rode their dad's coattails or yeah. the husband's coattails where I am just who I am and, and, you know and what about this beef that they all had with each other <laughs> I know you guys are laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> based on their families what's up with that like what your dad did now that means I can't be friends with you because your dad. It's all and my insanity. Dad, it's, yeah. it's it's all. That's what I mean. It's all dysfunctional. Like, I can't dysfunctional imagine insanity. What that's like is it's that cra- it's real, crazy? Does that really exist? Yes, it's crazy. It's really crazy. So somebody from the Gotti family won't like somebody from the what was the other one? Gravano. Gravano. Because because, because of, of the happened. father's cooperate because Sammy Gravano cooperated on John Gotti. So now they can't sit with Karen Gravano. Yeah. Because but but truthfully. Karen didn't do anything. What yeah. did she do? Well, she doesn't. I mean, I mean, but like I know she didn't. I mean, she didn't participate in, in that. But yeah. Karen does. I understand now. I don't really know either of them. Mm-hmm. I only know a little bit of Karen because Britt was on the show. But I think that trying to be objective, I could understand Victoria Gotti' mm-hmm. point of view that father's doing life in prison all right he was a criminal but sammy did turn on him and put him there so you understand why do i want to go sit with you yeah you know you made my parents or you know our family suffer yeah and in that lifestyle back then it was unheard of it was unheard Unheard of of. to to rat somebody out yeah i mean he took down he took down the entire mob yeah there was no there was no yeah there was no. He just narked on everyone. He ratted on everyone, yep. right? Yeah. And back in those days, that was worse than murder. And then he got a sweet murder. deal. He yeah. got the best deal. He got the deal of the century. What was his deal? His deal was Arizona Federal Witness Protection Prison, and then uh, to do five years. Mm-hmm. 
and then, you know, relocate, you know, new identity and all that. And then he came out and, and he got rearrested for doing criminal stuff again. This yeah. is what I mean. They yeah. don't change. They don't change. They don't change. They don't change. They just don't change. They find a better way and a craftier way to beat to, the system and yeah. manipulate. Because they will never want to be of the system. They don't believe in it. Yeah, they don't want to be. I actually watched my husband look directly in his parole officer's eyes, a female parole mm-hmm. officer. Oh, God, that must have been interesting. Directly at my home, looking at her. She asked him questions. Were you ever in front of a judge? Were you ever sentenced? Do you ever have, um, you know, a criminal record? Because he had cooperated and had a whole new identity, new name. And he looked directly in the eye and said to her, no. I was never, no, never sentenced, so never not. And then, she, no, and then she said to him, she wasn't stupid because mm-hmm. he was rearrested. She said to him, how dare you insult me like that? You were so in front of a judge. You have yeah. such a, you have a long. So she knew who he was. Yeah. Did he not think she knew who she was based on his new I identity? I kept telling him, oh I kept say, I kept saying to him, stop, don't lie to her. Yeah, she Tell knew. her. You're uh, witness you, protection, but not for but, the, but, but, uh, what, for not when, for police. Witness protection when. You're relocated, you get new identity and all. But mm-hmm. if you get arrested, no matter where you are, and your fingerprint is taken, mm-hmm. all that's going to come yeah. up. Your finger, your your, your fingerprint protection. is your fingerprint. Yeah, I mean. That's, so she so, had so he all just of that to, paperwork yeah. on him, mm-hmm. and he's looking at her he's lying. Sociopath. That's a sociopath. Yeah. You know what? That day in my kitchen when he did that, like, I was I'm like, done. this is it. This yeah. is it. I couldn't believe, like, watching him do this. And then when she confronted him and I said to her, I said, I've been telling him to tell you, but he didn't want to. Yeah. I said it. Yeah. Well, what do you care at that point? No, I don't care. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Inspiring conversations on lifestyle, celebrity, relationships, and more. This is Glamier with Dr. Tavis Amir. So you're also the author of this book, Divorce from the Mob. Yes. I feel like a lot of what we're talking about is part of that book. Yes. So um, so divorce from the mob. From crime. From crime. Basically, mm-hmm. I didn't need any husband or anybody get me involved in anything. I had that criminal m- Did you ever get involved in anything criminal? Oh, yeah. I was arrested. I was yeah. facing 10 years in prison. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you actually were more than just the I wife love. You were involved in some of the stuff, too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And I know you talk about that. So it's an um, it's, it's interesting how you came back from that. Yes, I came back from that because I, that was in 1992. And it what was were a, you arrested for? I was arrested for, I was arrested on a RICO, which mm-hmm. is numerous. I was arrested for... Um, drugs murder trafficking everything but the main thing i was arrested for is i was the bank mm-hmm. i would put up the money mm-hmm. 30 40 50 thousand dollars and then the drug give it to the drug dealer mm-hmm. and then the drug dealer takes that money mm-hmm. and then they go by and then i get kickback mm-hmm. so i didn't have drugs in my house i didn't deal drugs i didn't participate and then i also lent money to business people yeah like big business people here in new york where and then i had guys going around collecting the money so i was like a banker mm-hmm. only in the streets mm-hmm. like the bank makes interest i was making it 
on on people on people and so did you you know you kind of went through this almost facing 10 years how did you I faced 10 years I lost custody of one of my children I had a a legitimately contract out on my life that the feds came to me and had me listen to people went to prison out on you other street guys All that my them, other yeah. husband at the time was cooperating on that um, they said we're going to whack this. So bitch. your husband knew about this? No, he was already incarcerated. Oh, I see. And I then, see. yeah, got I it. picked up the slack of trying to collect the money that was owed to him on the street. And wow. then people got arrested, and then he cooperated to help me not to go to jail. Yeah. And then. Well, that was nice of him. Yes, he helped <laughs> me. But I mean, I didn't do the murders yeah. and everything like no, that. Of he did. Yeah. So I think that. Um, I think that at this point, you know, in my life is I would never be attracted to someone like that today. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be attracted to that like kind of mover shaker, Mm -hmm. you know, thug attitude as much as they try to present themselves as something to be different. Who do you think presents themselves that way these days? Um, Like when you look at what it was like then and what it's like today, who's the closest to that? I don't know that there is. I don't know any street. I'm not around that lifestyle anymore. I've changed so much. I mean, I'm 25 years, but maybe Brittany, you were. I mean, I just feel like as far as changing, like when the hammer came down on everybody and everybody got arrested, I feel like a lot of people have that place the blame on somebody else mentality. And I think when it happened to you and dad and like our family that you were more like took responsibility for all of the bad shit that you guys had done like you know what this isn't anybody else's fault we did illegal stuff my husband has killed people we've been you know doing illegal things and it's wrong and i think you took responsibility for that recognized it and then changed your life after that instead mm -hmm. of putting the blame on somebody else like oh well i got ratted out or oh i did this or everybody in my somebody else exactly yeah i think today i would never do anything I mean, I know I'd never do anything illegal and I would never do anything criminal and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be at going out with a criminal. Yeah. I mean. Um, and I'm sure you could recognize a sociopath from a mile away. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's very difficult for me to date. Yeah. It's very, very difficult for me. I don't trust people. And yeah. I am, you know, I, I, I just have. I have a lot, a lot of knowledge. Like a lot of friends of mine call me the PhD without the PhD. Yeah. Like I have a lot of knowledge, knowledge yeah. of street, street knowledge, life, yeah. and and which has made me the person I am today. So I see red flags yeah. in people's I get personalities. That. I get that. And, um, I do too. So it's difficult for me because I always look at it at the point I'm at in my life. Well, if it didn't work with your wife, because men always try to blame the wife. Mm-hmm. She wasn't good to me. She didn't sleep with me. She didn't treat me good. <laughs> that this listen that. That's not it. I had a guy who was, um, his wife left him yeah. after um, their baby, their first child, wasn't even a year old. And he always used to be like, yeah, she was just not good to me. Da, 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 da. Uh. And then I find, and I thought maybe she left him for another man because what woman, at first kid, no. knew basically not even a year. And um, I find out later it was not what he said it no, was. No, they uh, lied. It was, it, was, it was all him. No. But, um, you know, it's just, there's two sides to everything. I story. left my husband. I divorced yeah. him, mm-hmm. left him. He begged to come mm-hmm. back he wanted the marriage mm-hmm. he wanted i think they want the marriage the wife stay at home and then they want to act like a single young guy like yeah. 20 in their 20s yeah it don't work like that no it doesn't how did you get involved in this um crime boss like so you it's uh, what i think is fascinating is because the whole time i'm watching mob wives i'm thinking but the real one's right here you know yeah. like why aren't they talking to you about it you oh, stayed, what, you stayed what, out you know of that what? show I'm, I'm going to let you ask Brittany oh. why didn't they want Andrea on the show Br- Brittany why did they not want your mother <laughs> Andrea on the show 
Brittany was on the last season of Mob Wives. Brittany Fogarty. I think she was too authentic. I think she was too authentic, too real, and in the same token, too hot-headed. But that's what you're supposed to be, I thought. That's what all those other ladies are. Right, but if you, I feel like if you watch the show progressively from the start of it, mm-hmm. I think it was more genuine. Like, these are the women's stories. This is what happens I in their the families. I think the first season was pretty great. For but sure. By the time it got to the last season, I didn't even know why everybody was screaming. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I think the, the further it went on through the seasons, the more it just became less about like their mob history or what goes on in the lives yeah. of people like that and it was just more or less just Who, stupid drama well, between the women. it was also whoever the newest girls were to trash that chick. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. It so for it, became, sure. it became a reality show is what you're saying. I think at the point that the show was in when I went on it they couldn't have had my mom go on. It was just it was too, too uh, it was bullshit too, drama. Too close to it home. was too yeah. stupid drama and, driven. Andrew, you would have been like what is what am I here for? No, yeah. it's yeah. classless and I'm not going to put myself in that, you know, and I'm not someone that's going to take crap from anyone. No, I, I believe that. You I know. don't want to mess with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm never going to take that. I mean. So this documentary is actually really factual. It's going to be on A&E in the winter. It's going to be called Gotti and Son and you said you're participating in it. John Gotti Jr. is participating mm-hmm. in it. You have Bruce Cutler who was John Gotti's attorney mm-hmm. and the judge and the prosecutor that actually were on that right, case right that's fascinating because it's very very factual what, what are we going to learn from watching that it's very factual i think what we're going to learn from watching it is that crime does not pay mm-hmm. i think we're going to learn that how crime and that lifestyle are really really affects the family mm-hmm. and and takes the f- blows the family apart mm-hmm. i think we're going to learn about a father-son relationship that John Gotti Jr., as like myself, mm-hmm. and I don't know him, mm-hmm. I know his father, probably had no other way to become a successful, normal person in his life because mm-hmm. he had f- his father being the criminal, guiding him to what he had to do. And I'm sure he had a lot of respect. Yes. And, like that was a role model. Like you look at your father being this boss and wealthy, and that's what you want for yourself. Right? And then you have the daughters, mm-hmm. you know, you have Angel Gotti and Victoria Gotti that are probably feeling the loss, the pain, yeah. the sadness for their mom, mm-hmm. for their brother, mm-hmm. for their dad, mm-hmm. for their life, for them. Mm-hmm. You know, And how so, do you think, like, I know you cannot speak for anyone else, no. but what would you say, uh, your opinion, is only your opinion about how the Gottis feel about what's happened? Um, you know, John Gotti Jr. participating on the show, what are their thoughts when they look back at everything that you know of? I think from what I what I know of and what I hear and people that I've worked with on the, on this documentary is that um, I think he seems to be like very genuine. Like he's changed his life mm-hmm. and he has a family, has wife and children, and he doesn't want to go back in the streets and do anything wrong today. Mm-hmm. He did do prison time. Mm-hmm. He he's a, he doesn't want to go back there. John Gotti Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, like I said, I don't know him, mm-hmm. but I know that's what he's putting out there, that his life, you know, he wants to live a normal, clean life and maybe clean the slate and get their side of the story out there. Yeah. Like, because we all heard Sammy Gravano's story, yeah. Karen's story, but we really never heard. have been quiet. Right. They've been quiet. So maybe it's time for them to set, tell their story mm-hmm. um, of, of what really went on, you know, back in the day and mm-hmm. what the facts are and you know putting it out there do you have a relationship with the Gaudis? no i don't no. i never met them i knew the father but i don't know them they and were younger you know they're younger than me i was got friends it. with their dad got it so um what's your take home with all of this because you know you you grew up in this lifestyle you were kind of bucking the system but yet you were still involved by being married to an abusive you know mentally at least abusive mob 
person. Mm-hmm. Mentally um, abusive, very. Mentally abusive um, and manipulative and mm-hmm. a sociopath. And then you saw the guys in their heyday and you saw them all downfall, right? All. all either either they wind up dead or in prison for a long time. Mm-hmm. That that's That's the life. Yeah. That really is the life. They go to prison no matter if they cooperate or not. People yeah. think, oh. And if they don't, they're dead. They're dead. Yeah. So really, it's not a glamorous life at all. It's a horrible, horrible life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the best thing I could say, you know, to young women is that never depend on any man. I mean, because it's not just Italian mobsters. Crime is in every culture. Mm-hmm. It, it could be Hispanic. It could yeah, be Afro-American. It could be, yeah. the, you know. There's something could, like this in every culture. It, in every culture, there could be crime. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women like bad boys. And that's what they are when they're in the street like that. Bad boys, drug dealers, mm-hmm. the bad boy. What's going to happen? You're going to have a quick, fast run. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it's not going to work out well. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be left empty. And how do you, how do you, you know, you had to come back from everything. I came back from it. Mm-hmm. What are some tips? Some um, I think some tips are I uh, really have to not blame anyone for my choices and yeah. for things I've done. Yeah. You have to really... Be honest with yourself and recognize what I did wrong and try to change. Change is very hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard, but it's growing. Mm-hmm. You grow. When you change, you grow. And it's, say it's painful. Yes, it is painful. Yeah. But that's why we call it growing pains. Yeah. Change is hard. And I had to change. And I really did change my entire life yeah. around. Yeah. Um, and depend on me. I mean, yeah. I, I, when everything happened to me, I utilized everything I knew. I didn't have an education, but I cleaned houses, mm-hmm. I nannied babies, and I cooked for wealthy families. Mm-hmm. I went out so and... So you went from being on top of the world... To being... To being cooking for wealthy families. Yes. But you did that because you wanted to get I your... I wanted to get your, develop. Get, yeah. And it gave me time to develop and find out who Andrea really yeah. is and to be humble yeah. enough to yeah. understand that it's not all about material things and it's about what's inside your soul and what you yeah. put out there. And also you kind of, this is another reason why people can never move on, is that whole victim mentality. Yeah. Look what you did to me. No, and they I don't identify with that and yeah. they stay with that sometimes for the rest of their lives. You know, look what you did to me. Why yeah. did you do this to me? And they stay stuck there forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I say so, as soon as you realize something's trash, you don't need it to tell you, hey, I I'm trash. Right, right. You just get rid of and it. And I help a lot of women today. My yeah. daughter can tell you, I yeah. take women into my home yeah. and, and let them live there to help yeah. them to get on their feet yeah. until they better themselves. So to you're get giving it. back, which is great. I give back yeah. a lot. I'm a very, very grounded, grounded spiritual person. I am very kind to people. Mm-hmm. I am very, very much, loving, very yeah, loving, very, very sweet. much of a woman's yeah. advocate. I, I, you know, try to help women in every way mm-hmm. I can um, to make them recognize these things so they don't go down the path that I went and then they're blindsided mm-hmm. and say, wait a minute. He left me, mm-hmm. and look at what happened. To, yeah. You know, and then their self esteem is really low because yeah. they're off and running with someone else. Yeah. So, so where can people kind of keep in touch with everything that's going on with you? Because I, I think that I'm really excited um, to see everything. Okay, that's I'm on up. Instagram. Yeah. just Yay. under Andrea Giovino. I'm also on Facebook. Um, I do have a website, andreagiovino.net. Um, That's .net. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I um, usually post everything when yeah. it's coming out. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm I'll excited. Post. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So we're looking at, at this documentary called Gaudi and Son. Yeah. And then and also. around the winter on, on A&E. Yeah. And then November. in the future, I'm in the um, 
makings right now. There will be a film. There oh, will good. be a film one day of, of my book. story. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the I midst can't wait of that. For that. I can't wait. I'm for in that. the midst of that right now, working I'm so on that. So I'm that. really, really excited to have yeah. a, a film made of my life story. Is a big deal. Yeah, that's insane. That's <laughs> it's amazing. A big deal. I can't wait for that day. I mean, it's it was. I've been wanting to get you guys on here for a long time. It's a perfect Thank time. You. Thank and you. And your story is fascinating. So Thank I would you. encourage everybody to pick up your book, Divorce from the Mob. Thank you. Out on Amazon, correct? Yes. AndreaGiovino.net. Yes. And watch out for the Guardian Sun documentary on A&E in the winter. Yep. And I'll post it on Instagram. And follow your Instagram. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.